Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll be featuring Kirk McElhern, who writes for Kirkville and Macworld magazine. We'll also hear from Jeff Gamut from the Mac Observer. There's a lot to talk about, so let's get on with it on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> so we're joined by our friend Kirk McElhern. Now, if I sound a little different this week, I've been having all sorts of microphone problems here. Now, as many of you know, I'm a fan of the blue mics. So I have a Blue Yeti Pro, which is a stereo mic. It has two separate connectors for an outboard mixer, one of which is noisy. So therefore, this particular microphone is half useful. The other side gives me a lot of static, but since we record the show in mono anyway, it doesn't matter. That's the Yeti Pro. I also bought a Blue Spark microphone, and that one failed in about three months. Oh, that long. Okay. That long. Before the show, you were saying that it was new and it failed. I could say three months new, because my other mics include a couple of Shure mics from like 15 years ago, and they're like new. Yeah, but I consider new to be under a month, which is within that Amazon return limit. Okay. If something's less than a month old, you can return it. If not, you can't. You have to go. You have to contact the manufacturer. Well, I did contact the manufacturer. They have a form there you fill out if you want service. I did this last week, like Friday. And as of the time we're doing this episode, never, ever received a response from Blue. Mm. I've never had anything to do with the company, so I don't know if they have good customer service or not. But it wouldn't be the first company that I've dealt with recently that hasn't responded quickly to customer service. Well, in this case, I wrote back to Amazon. One thing about Amazon, they are really, really nice And they are sending me a new mic to replace this one. So I'm surprised that they would exchange it after 30 days. So before the show, we were talking about it, and and I was going to say, well, yeah, just send it back to Amazon. But that's within the 30-day window. Now, I have an Amazon Fire TV box, not the current 4K one, but the first one. I turned it on the other day, and it was being updated in the background, And after the update, it just displayed the logo and nothing, and it was bricked. And so it was about 18 months old, and Amazon exchanged it. Of course, if they hadn't, I would have been a bit upset. You know, you break it, you pay for it kind of thing. But in general, they don't replace things after three months. Let me be fair to Blue. I've just this moment received an email from them explaining their policy and handling warranties. But since I've already been promised an exchange from Amazon... It doesn't matter, but it should not have taken this long. Now, I ran into a second problem with Amazon. They were also pretty good. My wife last year bought me a new office chair. And I don't know where she put the money together, but a new chair for my office because I need something with a really good back because my back ain't great. Yep. And at my age, some people will suggest nothing is great anymore. So a bolt broke off the backrest. So it was tilting way back. Now, I got onto a live chat with Amazon, and the person told me, that's okay, we'll send you a new chair, and we'll have someone pick up the existing chair, don't worry about having to rebox it. And I had this chair, I don't know, four or five months. Mm -hmm. Well, that's pretty good. Um, I had a thing last year, I had bought an LG external Blu-ray drive, and it was quite good, it worked fine, and then after... 
I think it was about nine months, something started happening and it wasn't able to read disks anymore. And I contacted LG and they said, I'm sorry, that's not supported on the Mac. And not only that, we don't sell this drive in Europe. And I said, wait a second, I bought it from Amazon. And they said, we don't sell this drive in Europe. We don't support it there. So it seems that Amazon was selling a gray market product because I didn't buy this from a marketplace reseller. I bought it directly from Amazon. And I called Amazon and explained it and they refunded me because they realized that they had done something wrong. Basically, if they're selling you a device and the manufacturer is not supporting it, they're ripping you off. They refunded me with very, very few questions asked. I kind of think that Amazon does a lot of not entirely legal things like that. And rather than deal with hassles, they just refund you right away. So basically what you're saying here is when they stock up, they sometimes look the other way as to the source. Well, they get things from different countries. Perhaps it was something that was sold in the U.S. What was interesting is it did come with a U.K. plug. You know, U.K. Um, uh, AC plugs are different than they are in the U.S., They're different than they are in, on the continent. So it did come with a U.K. plug, which suggested that it was sold in the U.K. So it kind of makes you wonder where they actually got it if LG said that, you know, we don't support this in Europe and we never have. But I've noticed on Amazon, and this is a slightly different subject, I see a lot of bootleg CDs being sold on Amazon, you know, live concerts that are sold as bootlegs. That's not legal. It's entirely not legal. Yet they do it here, at least in Amazon in the UK. I haven't checked in US, but, you know, I'm a big Grateful Dead and Bob Dylan fan, and these are bands where you do see bootlegs, where you do see um, live recordings that circulate. And... In general, a lot of artists, I mean, the Grateful Dead in particular, they're more than happy for people to trade their live recordings, but they are not at all happy when unscrupulous record labels press them to CD and sell them. And I do see lots of these on Amazon. I'm just looking on Amazon now. Here's a Miles Davis Tokyo 1973. This is not an official release. Maybe it's from a radio broadcast. Maybe it's just from a soundboard recording that someone got. And if I look in customers who bought this item also bought, a whole bunch of other Miles Davis bootlegs are listed. Here's some Doors bootlegs. Here's some Almond Brothers, Grateful Dead. So they're selling a lot of dodgy stuff on Amazon. Well, I don't really consider any of that at all. I've dealt with Amazon. I don't have a problem. They have good customer service. In the case of this mic, in the case of this office chair, I'm cool. You know, I got... A replacement or am getting a replacement and therefore I'm all set but speaking of Amazon in any case we see there's now new policy in the part of Amazon dealing with Prime Video unbundling it from a Prime membership now up till now with a Prime membership you used to pay 79 bucks a year now it's 99 and for that you get free two-day shipping on not everything but a lot of stuff. Some stuff costs a, an arm and a leg to ship. But they give you free two-day shipping. In a lot of areas now, they give you same-day shipping under Prime in the U.S. And I am one zip code away from that location. So if I was one zip code closer to Phoenix, I could get on many items if I order by noon, I get it by 9 p.m. Yeah, here yeah. in the UK, and, and when I lived in France, it was free next day shipping, not two days. But of course, the countries are a bit smaller, and it's probably a lot more, it's probably a lot easier for them to centralize things and get them 
from one end of the country to the other than in the U.S.? Well, as a matter of fact, one of the offerings is free same-day delivery in eligible areas. Free yeah. unlimited, unlimited photo storage. Choice of over a million ebooks to read free. Unlimited music streaming. Unlimited movies and TV shows. All that for $99 a year. Now they offer to you monthly $10.99 a month. That's, what, is that the same price you pay for the Office 365 Home Edition? Okay, I think that's a great price because even if you can't come up with the $99 a year and you're willing to pay 25% or so more, that's a great break. But now we have Prime Video, just the video, unbundled from all the other features for $8.99 a month. Now tell me that makes sense. Well, it does make sense because you're going to get some people who want to subscribe to Prime for a month or two at a time. Um, what Amazon's doing is they allow you to subscribe for a month and cancel at the end of the month whenever you want. So you're not locked into anything. What I'm concerned about is not so much being able to do it monthly, which is fine. I understand that. I'm wondering about paying only $2 less for just the video. I'll ask you more about this in a moment. We have Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one -on -one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, A Place for Mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, 
get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. When fresh liquid whey is processed into a dry powder, the special proteins that make up the whey lose their original shapes. They fold in on themselves and lose their functional value. One World Whey undergoes a technological enhancement that we believe restores these potent proteins back to their original shapes the body can use. I chose to try One World Whey first before going to a doctor who would likely only prescribe drugs. To my delight, it worked. After stabbing pain for years, to have it completely gone is a miracle. I'd like to also stress that, for me, it took several months of taking One World Way before I had improvement, and then an entire year for my gut to feel 100% healed. So now I tell my friends, give your body time to make use of the healing power of One World Way. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y.com. This is Dan Pillett. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpillett.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. We have Kirk McElhern joining us this week. I'm Gene Steinberger, the Tech Night Out Live. And we're talking about Amazon. First, their customer service, which I'm totally happy with. Over the years, whenever I have a problem, they always find a solution. And they're very prompt about it. And they're very easy to ship a replacement item even before you send back the other item. Of course, don't abuse the privilege, folks. But they're very nice about it. All right. So with the new monthly package of Prime, you pay eight ninety nine just for the unlimited movies, TV shows. You pay ten ninety nine, you get all the other good stuff. Tell yeah, me are, that it's even worth it to pay two dollars less just for the videos. There are people who don't buy much from Amazon, so they don't benefit from the shipping. Um, they may not want to use the music streaming. They don't care about the ebooks or the photo storage. I think I discussed at one point when I was in France, um, the ISP I had lets you subscribe to individual channels for a month at a time, and they cost one or two euros a month. And, and I think this is similar. So Amazon comes out with a new series, and you hear about it, and they tempt you to sign up for a month, and maybe you cancel and maybe you come back. Of course, you have a free 30-day trial at any time, but you can only do that once. Eventually, if you find that you really like it enough, maybe you will continue and go for an annual subscription. Remember that Amazon is going to start broadcasting, and I use that term in air quotes, whatever the sequel is going to be called to Top Gear. This is the very popular car show. It's popular around the world. And maybe they're trying to attract people who want to watch that but don't want to commit to anything else. 
because Prime originally was just for shipping. And then they slowly added different things. They added photo storage and uh, movies and music streaming and all that. So the last time I subscribed to Prime was a little more than a year ago. I think my Prime runs out in May. I think I subscribed my last renewal was in February, and I got three free months because there was a problem with something. But at that time, they didn't yet have video. So video is quite new here. Um, I know it's been in the States for a few years, but it's new here in the UK. And the only other country they have it, I think, is Germany. So Prime was originally just for the free shipping. And then they've added all these other things. And they realized that there are a lot of people who may want a Netflix model and who don't really care about the free shipping and everything else. I think it's an interesting trial and they'll see how it works out. And obviously they'll, you know, decide if it's worth continuing. But I can, I can imagine that there's some new series that Amazon drops on Prime Video and you want to watch that series. And I don't know, it's 13 episodes. So you're going to watch it in a weekend or a week or something like that. So you might be tempted to pay for one month just to watch that series. And Amazon's probably hoping that after that you'll continue and, and choose for an annual subscription afterwards. For me, just being able to get items two-day shipping is good. A lot of times my wife may need just something like a bath wash or a, or a body lotion. She has very sensitive skin. And you can't always get a good choice at the local supermarkets. You, instead of having to drive to two different places or three different places, you go to Amazon, you pay the same price or less. And they're grabbing more and more of that business. They even supply groceries in many areas. Not as full a selection as Walmart or something. But, you know, in a pinch, you need something. Okay, I don't want to go. It's raining outside. You order it from Amazon. And soon the drone will pick it up and bring it to your home. Yeah, I don't know about that. The, the main reason that I subscribe to Amazon Prime is for when I need tech gadgets. I need a cable. I need a new hard drive. It's a bit of a drive from here to get to stores that sell things like that. And of course, they're much more expensive. Knowing that I'll get something the next day, if I need a hard drive and I've got it the next day, it saves me driving 20 miles and paying, you know, 10 or 20 pounds more. You see, it saves schlepping. It saves using that car. It saves yep. gas. Yep. And you add all that up and you have to realize here, I think people forget about this. Oh, it's only a five mile trip. I don't know what the average mileage cost is to operate a motor vehicle. I know it's pretty high in the UK where gas is very expensive. Gas is much more expensive, yeah. Right. So when you add that and you drive 5, 10 miles in each direction, and then it's your time selecting the item. Sometimes they don't have it in stocks. You have to go to a second store. And if I have to go into a town, into Stratford, I have to pay for parking. I have to find parking first and pay for it. If it's something I can get in a shopping center, obviously it's easier. But if it's in the town itself, you've got to pay for parking. The time is probably the most important thing. If I'm spending two hours because I need to buy a cable, um, I'd rather spend that two hours working or not working. You know, knowing I can get it the next day, I'm more than happy to pay Amazon. I think it's 79 pounds a year here. Um, I'm more than happy to pay that. Amazon. So what can I say? I like Amazon. And I think Amazon is just getting bigger and bigger. Are they unstoppable? I guess so. No one can compete with them, which is good and bad. Let's move on to another subject. You have a piece at Kirkville. It's about the iPad Pro and smudges. Now, the reason I mention this is I have a 9.7-inch iPad Pro here I got from Apple just very recently. And it's right next to me right now. As I look right now, I have my iPhone. And I have in my hand, in my greasy stained hands here, I have... A silver 
iPad Pro maxed out with 256 gigabytes of RAM, the cellular radio, and the smart keyboard, it's called. All right. You're saying you have a problem with smudging, more so than iPad Air 2? Let me take a look. I don't see any smudges. Well, how much have you used it? I don't know. Well, I haven't used a super amount, but Barbara has. Okay. Barbara is the iPad expert in this family. Can you hold it up to the light? You don't see any smudges. Right now, I see maybe one or two. That's all. Okay, so it's interesting. In comments to my article, some people are saying they don't see any, and some people are saying they see a lot. So maybe I wonder, the grease you're using on your fingers is weird. I, no, I, kind of- I wonder if some of them have a coating um, that's not right. Um, and I discovered, I mentioned this yesterday on my podcast, The Committed, that's at thecommitted.tv for anyone who wants to tune in. And my co-host, Ian Shrey, mentioned that he noticed the same thing. Yet my other co-host, Rob Griffith, said that he's not seeing the same thing with his. So I really wonder if there are some that have a faulty coding. And, well, I guess call Apple and find out. I yeah. Mean, the thing um, is just shipping. It's been out, what, a week or two? I think it's about two weeks, yeah. But I, I notice this because I, I often watch videos in bed um, on Netflix or on Amazon Prime Video. And I've been watching The Americans recently. Oh, and, yes. I love that show. And I've noticed that, you know, compared to the iPad Air 2 that I had before that my partner's now using, um, I've noticed that I see the smudges a lot more. Now, it is a different coating than the iPad Air 2. It's less reflective. Um, but I wonder if that lack of reflectiveness or reflectivity, wouldn't that be reflectivity? I'm wondering if the lack of reflectivity has something to do with it absorbing more grease. Don't remember, of course, Kirk, grease is the word. Grease is the word. Yep. I, I don't notice too much on my iPhone, but it's like if I see anything on my iPhone, I just wipe it on my sleeve or something like that. And it cleans it off really quickly. Um, the iPad is bigger. I do notice it takes a while to clean the iPad. I use one of those, you know, those yellow cloths that we used to use to wipe off um, records back in the day, vinyl records, those soft yellow cloths. No, you don't remember yes, that? Yes, I do. I remember you used to have all these potions and things that you used to clean vinyl, not just the cloth, but a lot more. We'll get into it with Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. 
Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shot the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-4885. That's 1-800-403-4885. 1-800-403-4885. Or go to SelectQuote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details on the example policy at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Your price can vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. This is it. For the first time ever on this station, U.S. government gold offered at cost for only $139 each. With Wall Street suffering its worst start to a trading year in history, now is especially the time to be paying attention to gold. This first ever U.S. legal tender government gold offered at cost for only $139 each is from the U.S. Money Reserve. Call them at 1-866-944-GOLD. Gold is on the move, so don't miss out. For the first time ever on this station, U.S. government gold offered at cost for only $139 each. 1-866-944-GOLD or online at usmoneyreserve.com. Ask for a free 55-page gold buyer's book. Plus, get a free walking liberty half dollar just for reading this must-have book. Get your free gold book, your free half dollar, but most importantly, get your gold at cost for only $139 per coin. 1-866-944-GOLD. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. We have a special way for you to support the show, and that's called Tech Night Owl Plus at plus.technightowl.com. P-L-U-S.TechNightOwl.com. We offer a version of the show with better quality audio, free of ads, more features to come, a modest subscription fee, plus.TechNightOwl.com. We have Macworlds and Kirkville's Kirk McElhern. Oh, the Grease lyrics are, Grease is the word. They think our love is just a growing pain. Grease is the word. Grease is the word. Is the word that you heard. That's a dumb lyric, isn't it? That's written by the Bee Gees, you know. 
You know, I never saw that movie. I saw it once, and I'm sorry I did. Yeah. Olivia Newton-John and John Travolta. Yep. Okay. Star. Frankie Valli sings the theme song from Greece. Now, I did see the Broadway show. I and I thought that, that was kind of sort of fun. Okay. You know, to see one time as a one-time experience, but that's it. I cannot imagine making a movie of that, although it was a successful movie. It was. It was, um, uh, what's his name, George Lucas movie. That I didn't know, or I didn't remember. Seriously? Seriously. Oh, yeah. It was, it was hugely successful. No, I guess it's not. Did he produce it then? No, scratch that. He didn't produce it. Why did I think, what's the George Lucas movie? Not Grease, it's the other one. I'm looking okay. it up now at we're, the we're, we're doing box this office mojo, and I guess it's... American a, Graffiti. That's what he did. did. He did American Graffiti, where you had Ron Howard, and you yep. had Harrison Ford. Okay, let's yep. go into Greece. Worldwide gross, I assume this is adjusted, okay, uh, to today's well, dollars. It made $394 million worldwide. Yeah, I'm saying, that's what Wikipedia says. Production budget was $6 million. Talk about profits. And I wonder as of when it is, because, oh, Box Office Mojo, so that's probably up to date? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Okay. I'm also looking, for example, that despite all the horrible reviews, Batman v Superman, as of now, is made $833 million. We'll probably do 850 to 875 meaning it will make a pretty good bundle for DC Comics and Warner Brothers. Yeah, I, you know, how much I care about that. I like superheroes. I'm disappointed when you have a big-budget superhero film and it doesn't do as well. But here, even if it doesn't make a billion, it's made quite enough, and they're filming sequels. But I'm going to give you the spoiler because I don't like it. I don't think it's real, but at the end of the film, they kill off Superman. But now we have pictures of Henry Cavill, who plays Superman, working out. So we know that was a fake out. Well, somehow they went back in time and made the Earth spin in reverse. Isn't that what they do in the Superman movies? That's what they did in the first one. Yeah. Superman, the movie where... This is in 1978. Yeah. Directed by Richard Donner, who later went on to do Lethal Weapon with Mel Gibson yeah. and Danny Glover. But anyway, so towards the end of the film, Lois Lane is killed. And the only way for Superman to save her is to go back through time and keep her from going somewhere where the earthquake will capture her car and bury it. Yep. Well, they can bring it back. It's like the new Star Wars movie is almost the same as the original one. So they can bring it back and, you know, it doesn't matter. No one cares. This is superhero movies. They're not supposed to be... They're not supposed to make sense. They're just supposed to make money. That's exactly right. No, you know what? I enjoy it because they're fun. It's good relaxation. They're not as stupid as they used to be. They sometimes try to address social issues like Supergirl addresses issues of women in the workplace. I mean, it's heavy-handed and things like that. But just watching Callista Flockert chew the scenery is so much fun. It's worth it just to watch her, by the way. You know, listen to her lines, and some of them are just completely crazy. But everything has a pop culture connection to it. And she makes a joke in one episode about Harrison Ford, about him being too old or something. For her to date him, of course, she's married to Harrison Ford in real mm-hmm. life. I mean, that's the kind of thing. It is. So I like superhero. Don't talk to me about that. All right. Anyway, I don't know what we were talking about. Smudges on the iPad Pro. 
So maybe you should call Apple and see if there is something unique to yours. Well, mine and the iPads belong to several other people who are uh, saying that they have the, the same problem. You know what? I'm going to write to my contact at Apple PR and ask them okay. if they're aware of any problem. I'll do that as we talk right now. As you continue, I'll write a letter to them and ask them what they're aware of. Because I don't see it. That's the whole thing. I don't yeah. see a problem. Now, I have to tell you, I find one thing about this better than the iPad Pro, the big one. The keyboard, even though it's smaller keys, closer together, it feels a little bit better. And I didn't have this problem, which I had with the bigger iPad Pro and the smart keyboard, of missing the space bar when I type. I don't have the keyboard. I, I really have no need to spend that much money for a keyboard that can only work with one device. Um, if I do need a keyboard, I'll put the iPad on a stand and I'll use one of my Bluetooth keyboards. I kind of would sort of agree with you there. The thing I wonder about these iPad Pro keyboards, how come they don't have one that has a design that mimics a touch of a slim notebook keyboard like a MacBook? Well, I think... So the, the, the iPad Pro keyboard, it's sort of like cloth-covered, right? It's sealed. It's not individual keys. And I think you can't really mimic the same touch because of that. Well, I'm looking at it right now, and it looks almost like fabric. Yeah, well, fabric, cloth. But the travel, the keyboard travel, is not much different from a MacBook, as far as I can see. No, but but the keys themselves are covered, and and they're not loose inside. So I'm looking at my Magic Keyboard, and the white key is inside the aluminum frame, and there's nothing over the key, whereas over there you've got, you've got that fabric, that cloth that's covering all the keys. So you can't have the same feel to it because the keys aren't loose to pop up on their own. They're going to be popping up against the cloth no matter what. Well, surely they can find a way to design it better. This is Apple. They're supposed to be smart about such things. I think they can find a way to design a more effective keyboard. I think, though, as a practical matter, though, I like this better for carrying around than the big one. Although I understand why you want a larger screen display. Remember, too, 9.7 inches, that's more than you had with the original PowerBooks. Certainly more than the original Compact Max. So it's not so bad. Well, if, if you consider, um, what was the size? So I, the first, my first Mac was a PowerBook 100. So it was one of the very first PowerBooks. Um, it was a 640 by 480 uh, display, and I'm just looking up here to see what the size of the display was. Um, let's see, memory and graphics. I'm looking in um, Mac Tracker, which is an app that has all sorts of information. It doesn't give the size of the display, it just gives a revolution at 640-400. I'm thinking it was probably a 6-inch display. It was fairly small. So if you're used to that, you can get used to this. Now, yeah, but fir- that, Gene, Gene, that's 15 years ago. I mean, come on. You know, I've got a 27 now. Just think about this. When I got my first Mac, I didn't get a compact Mac. They had them at the office. But I mean, the Mac I brought into my home. I got the 13-inch Apple color display, 13 inches. Now, obviously, today's 13-inch MacBook Pro has more pixels on the screen, far more pixels. But 
I sort of kind of got used to it, except they had 20-inch displays at the office. And mm-hmm. I felt jealous until I could afford my own 20-inch display. Because remember, a good 20-inch color display, like a Trinitron or something, we were talking about, what, $2,000 then? Back in the day, they were expensive, yeah. Or $2,500. I and think I got one for, and, yeah. I think I got a really good sale from a dealer. It was like $1,999. They were closing yeah. out one model, really good display, $1,999. Yeah. And I was in my element. This is like... 1992. And before we make it to another year, and before we make it to another break, we have Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. 
Hi there, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. And we're looking in this time of terrible financial crash, terrible meltdown of the medical system, we're looking to pay people obscene amounts of money if you become a student of our business at Longevity, We will help you actually take care of people better than the medical system has. Think about it. We spend more money in America for health care than all the other 218 nations the world put together, and they can't even solve weight loss problems. I mean, the medical system can have a total mental brain fart, and if you do this, you will be able to save an enormous amount of people from being overweight, being obese. They don't even know what causes obesity. Believe me, we know what causes obesity. In the medical system, they think it's from eating too much. It's not from eating too much. It's actually a mineral deficiency. Do you solve a iron deficiency anemia with a bone marrow transplant? That's what they think. Do you solve a mineral deficiency that causes obesity with a gastric bypass? That's dumber than a stump. Contact us at GCNminerals.com. Learn how to lose weight, look good, and save yourselves a gob of money. Worried about lead, fluoride, and other contaminants in your drinking water? Get a ProPure with the Pro 1G 2.0 cleanable reusable filter and remove up to 200 contaminants. Drink water the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure products, including the new ProMax shower filter. There's a ProPure for you. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com or 800-544-3533. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. We have Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. We're in the Tech Night Owl live. We kind of broached the subject here of the problem with his iPad Pro, the tendency to smudge. So I've just looked up the PowerBook 100. It was a nine-inch display, but imagine 640 by 400 pixels in nine inches. You know, the pixels were quite large. What what I liked about it was the fact that the it had an external floppy drive that you plugged into the side of it. So if you weren't using the drive, you could take it off, which made it a little bit lighter at merely eight pounds. No, sorry. Um, that's not the power book. That's something else. It was, it was quite heavy. It was five or six pounds. Let's see specifications. Um, it had, let's see, two and a half to three and three quarter hours battery life. That was pretty good. Um, it had a serial modem. No, it had a slot for a serial modem. I don't see the weight here, but it was heavy Man, it was heavy. Ah, 5.1 pounds. So that's twice the weight of the 12-inch MacBook, about. Okay. Well, but I liked it. It was my first Mac, and I bought it with System 7. So, you know, I missed the whole pre-System 7 thing, which was you didn't have multitasking and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, it was quite a good computer. 16 megahertz Motorola 68000 processor. Man, that thing was slow <laughs> but of course it was all in black and white and 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 apps were smaller and files were smaller and that's one thing over time okay everything we have is faster now because especially if you're using an ssd but it took a while for things for, for applications to actually be faster um, because as we got more power we got 
larger files. We got more, more complicated graphics when we got into color and all that. And so it took a while to actually get the speed increase that we, that pretty much we take for granted now. There you go. What can I tell you? Things have changed so much. I am very jaded, though. 27 inches. 27-inch iMac. Mm. I'm just comfortable with that amount of screen real estate. When I go down to anything smaller, I feel constrained. Yeah, I'd, I'd almost like to go back to the 20... What do they call it? 21 and a half now? Um, I, I find that the 27-inch overwhelms me a bit. And given the kind of work I do, the, the only place where I would miss having the big screen is when I'm working with iTunes, because I do have a lot of columns displayed. Um, but everything else, you know, I've got two windows next to each other. I could make them slightly smaller on a 21-inch, or I could use single windows and switch back and forth, you know, pressing Command-Tab. The problem with the 21-inch Mac, um, the 21-inch iMac, is you can't... Um, it's extremely limited. You can't um, you can't get more than 16 gigabytes of RAM, and you can only get RAM if you buy it um, from Apple. You can't add RAM later, um, and and 16 gigabytes isn't really enough RAM. I have 24 in my iMac now, and I don't get a lot of virtual memory usage, which shows that the 24 is good. But I do get some virtual memory which means that 16 wouldn't really quite be enough. Of course, I, I'm sure if I restarted my Mac more often, then it would be okay. Um, but the idea of being limited to 16 gigs, and that's 160 pounds more, or $200, you buy another 8 gigs of RAM for, what, $30 now? Well, Apple did do one thing in their new product introductions this week. They introduced a new 12-inch MacBook with about 15 20% more performance. Yeah. A, drive system that's up to 100% faster. But they changed the standard configuration of the 13-inch MacBook Air to 8 gigabytes minimum. All right, well, it was I, kind of ridiculous that they were selling a laptop with only 4 gigabytes, which is what they were before. Exactly. So it's, But they're still selling that for the 11-inch MacBook Air. It still comes with 4 gigabytes as the base model, um, which is like a 16-gig iPhone. It's just not enough. So if you buy one, you've got to pay, and again, I'm looking on the UK store here, 11-inch um, MacBook Air. I'll go for the base model at $749. Um, if I want another 4 gigs of RAM, it's £80 or $100. Exactly. I'm looking at it here. $100 for... for 4 gigabytes of RAM. That's crazy. What's yeah. 4 gigabytes of RAM? $40 or something? Not even. It's probably 20 bucks now. And, and, you know, Apple buys it in quantity, so it doesn't even cost them anything. I, and the I brands think, they buy are the same as you get, like Crucial or Samsung or something. They're yeah. buying the same thing that you pay f for on the aftermarket, and they get away with it because you cannot change RAM. But you can change the hard drive, though, even on the, the newest MacBook, yeah. MacBook Pros and Airs because they've developed a kit over at Otherworld Computing. It's a proprietary ah, okay. connector, but you can change them. Okay, I didn't know that. Um, I think you can't do it with the iMac at all. Um, I think, is it, isn't it with the iMac that it has to recognize a specific Apple drive in order to boot? I'm not sure. I have to look it up. But part of the issue is Apple's own Fusion drive, yeah, which has lots of proprietary stuff, although technically 
in software, you should theoretically be able to take a 128 gigabyte solid state drive and a normal hard drive and make a makeshift fusion drive. But Apple does this proprietary stuff, and a lot of it makes no sense at all. It doesn't give you more battery life. What does it give you? Yeah, it's, it's personally, I wouldn't use the fusion drive because it's still a hard drive. Um, it, it is the advantage. I, I prefer, at least my desktop Mac, um, having a smaller SSD and using external drives for storage. I could never fit my, um, my, my iTunes library on my Mac, uh, even with a fusion drive, because the fusion drive is just a, a one terabyte. No, they have a two terabyte now, but even that wouldn't be enough for my media library. Um, so I wouldn't even bother. So I'm fine with the SSD and external drives. Um, if my only computer was a laptop, then I'd be then it would be a little bit different. I just think the whole thing about making it impossible to upgrade RAM on so many models of Macs, it has well, no justification whatever. I understand it for the laptops because they want to make sure that there's no way that these things can open, um, get water in them, anything like that. But there's no reason why the iMac shouldn't be openable. Um, my 27-inch iMac, you can change the RAM manually, and I think you can do it now on the current 27-inch iMac. It's the 21 that you can't. That's right. On the 27-inch iMac, it is a joy to replace memory. It's a four-minute process. There's it's not a even. little compartment, if that. There's a little compartment yeah. at the bottom of the unit. It pops off. It's just behind the stand. So you just have to lie it down on a towel or something. You pull the stand up. You pop open the, the little trap door. And that's it. And you put your new RAM in. It's easy. But when Apple updated the Mac Mini, which had a very easy RAM upgrade yep. scheme, they took it away. Now... I could see some reason for this. Of course, if you have the remote fear that people will screw up the computer if they upgrade RAM. Or it looks more seamless because you have fewer seams. Yeah, it's, I think it's more the seamless thing. But even that's dumb. I mean, would someone always sit down, Jonathan and I, in a little room and smack him on the head like that here? Smack him on the head and say, Sir Jonathan, this is absurd. People can't be expected to pay more money now to get the RAM they need because maybe they don't have it. Maybe you're a student and saving $8.99 for a MacBook Air is a reach. You're somebody making an entry-level salary and you don't have that extra $100. That extra $100 goes yep. for the electric bill or something. Yep. I think it's absurd. And, and again, it's the same with the 16-gigabyte iPhone. Um, it's a tease to show you the base price, and a lot of people end up actually buying it when they really shouldn't. Um, it's just not good to have a 16-gigabyte iPhone. And, you know, they've been doing this for years, and, and it, it's just not a good customer experience, I think. I think, in a way, it's like bait-and-switch. I mean, let me get specific. You go to the car dealer, and they got this special car there. It's only 199 a month for a special lease program. And it's like a Toyota Camry or a Honda Accord. You know, it's something that we expect to pay maybe twice that for a lease. And what you get is a stripped-down model. And you want the XM Sirius radio or, you know, you want anything in terms of a few extra frills. Even having climate control, automatic climate control, that kind of thing. Or rear vents for the rear seats. Whatever it is, it's so stripped, nobody wants to buy that car. They're often not even available at the dealership or maybe in colors you don't want. 
But they figure you'll get in there, you'll buy something more expensive. That's where they make their money. We're going to make money for our network now. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. All right, listen up, because this is the most important thing you're going to hear all day. What if I said you could make money flipping houses without any cash, credit, or manual labor? And what if I said you could do it part-time from the comfort of your home? Sound unflippin' believable? Hi, I'm Preston Ely, and I'm going to prove it by sending you a free copy of my smash hit selling book, How to Get Rich in Real Estate. It sells online for $19.95, but I'm giving away free copies this week. To get one before they're gone, call 1-800-959-9582. I used to be so broke, I had my electricity shut off nine times. But I figured out a simple way to make money flipping houses without even breaking a sweat. Now I'm living the good life, and so should you. Listen, if you're sick and tired of stressing about money, this book could change your life. Hands down, it's the fastest, easiest way to get started in real estate. Let me prove it. Call right now to find out how to get your free book. When they're gone, they're gone. Call 1-800-959-9582. 1-800-959-9582. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So I'm talking about bait and switch being common. Auto dealers, auto manufacturers do it all the time. So is the 899 MacBook Air bait and switch? Um, it might be, but it's interesting that you talk about cars, because as you know, I don't really care too much about cars. But a friend of mine came to visit last weekend, and he rented a car to drive up from Heathrow to come here and spend the weekend. And he had a Toyota Yaris Hybrid. And I was thinking, this is a really nice car, and it gets really good gas mileage and all that. And my partner and I, we'd already looked at the Yaris a few years ago when we were living in York. Um, So I went to the Toyota website today to look at it, to try and figure out how much it would cost. I couldn't figure out how much it would cost. I couldn't figure out the differences in the models. There are so many different models. Things aren't explained. They talk about 0% financing. But when I clicked through and I selected a specific model, it wasn't 0%. And I said, well, forget about it. I'm not going to even bother considering buying this car. A company that has a range of more than a dozen different cars from small to large. And I just wanted to look at one specific model. And I really couldn't figure out which one I would want. You see, that's where I think car makers are as screwed as the 
consumer electronics companies. I know they want to fill a wide amount of needs and that sort of thing. And they want to serve customers who have different preferences. Now, some car makers, what they do is they give you like three or four different models, and that's it in a particular lineup. So like a Honda Accord, I don't think there are that many different configurations. Everything has a certain number of options bundled to it, and that's what you get. You get an LX or whatever it is, EX, that kind of thing. And maybe you have the higher-end engine on the bigger Honda Accord. Other companies, they give you pre-built packages, and then they have like 49 other options to stick in them. So even without that, so I'm looking at a financing page, and I can select from a three-door and a five-door. That's a pretty easy selection, right? The next thing offers me four choices, active design Excel icon. I have no idea what that means. I have no idea what any of those things are. The next one gives me options, which are presumably engines. One is a 1.0 VVTi manual. No idea what that is. One is a 1.33 liter dual VVTi continuously variable. Okay, but the so, difference is there. One has but, a manual transmission. Okay, continuously variable is like is. a CVT transmission. But I don't know what a CVT transmission. I don't know what a VVTi continuously variable transmission is. Okay, let me explain. A variable transmission, instead of having fixed gears, like four speeds, six speeds, eight speeds, nine speeds, it adjust dynamically to its need, but it also can be buzzy, noisy with a small engine. What I'm saying is that their website doesn't offer me any options to find out what any of this means. Okay, what I'm saying here is probably Greek to Kirk, because he's not a big car, but he wants to go into a shop or go online and say, what car suits my needs? Let me make a quick decision. Show me something that I can understand. Instead, they throw out numbers and specs and things that people don't understand. I think Apple can teach the car industry a lot about that. So you remember back in the 90s when Apple had so many different models and with funny numbers and, and, and letter prefixes and numbers, and it was really hard to figure out what they were. And you'd get specs like, well, back then it was megahertz. It wasn't gigahertz for processors and RAM and all that. In a way... I never found it as daunting as looking at a car because you know, as you were saying, bait and switch, you know that the whole principle of selling a car is to tell someone it's going to cost 10,000 pounds. Then when they find what they want, it's going to cost 15,000 pounds. As far as I can see, I can get a Yaris hybrid continuously variable five door for 226 pounds a month if i put up 1650 at 0% financing which is actually quite interesting um but i have no idea what's in the car you know what i want to tell you something before we go on i've read the reviews of the toyota yaris at least the american version and consumer reports regards it as one of the worst cars that toyota makes really why when i was in france and i and i looked up at one point it got very good ratings. Of course, this is a newer model and it's a hybrid, um, but why? What's so bad about it? I think they were saying it, you know, everything about it that you expect in a quality car, it didn't have. I could look it up as we're talking, okay? Well, but you we see, it may not apply because a lot of times the car makers will have different models in Europe than well, they do in the so, United States. So my, my friend who was a car buff was saying that they don't sell the Yaris hybrid in the U.S., they sell the Yaris, but not in the hybrid, not with the hybrid engine. Um, we drove around. It was comfortable. It was quiet. Um, the base model seems to come with a, a rear camera, um, navigation, and Bluetooth, and things like that. Because, again, he was 
Oh, sorry. I just clicked on a video. Now I don't know how to get back. I looked up the Toyota Yaris. Okay, 2016. It gets a 47 from Consumer Reports, which is kind of kind of short of the 47 average. 47 out of what? The average usually runs in the 60s for a subcompact. This okay. is 47. And I'm looking about it here. I'm looking why it is so badly rated. It says that on the highway, the ride is jittery. Oh, that's not what my friend said. Okay. It he says, said it was extremely comfortable. And again, said that he's a the car handling guy. is not very agile. Now, this may be a totally different car, okay? It doesn't like the seat comfort at all. I found it okay. All right, remember here, this may be a totally different model. Yeah, but I don't think so. I mean, uh, again, the engine's going to be different because uh, the, my friend said um, they don't do the hybrid in the States, but I can't imagine that much of a difference other than that. I'm looking at comfort convenience. The noise level is worse than average. Driving oh, position is worse quiet. than average. That's interesting. Front seat comfort is average. Rear seat comfort is average. Interior fit and finish worse than average, which is not really good because it means the car isn't put together very well. This is a hatchback LE model. Okay, okay. so I'm just looking up on Google, um, and I just wrote Toyota Yaris review, and all of the reviews I'm seeing are like 3 out of 5 or 6 out of 10. So, yeah, I guess it's, it's pretty close. I found it comfortable, and again, this friend drove on the highway to get up here from Heathrow Airport, and the gas mileage was quite good. We think, because it was an imperial gallon, so we had to calculate. Okay, uh, the thing they do here is if you can get a test drive in one at a local shop. I drove one. and, and Did you take drove, it on a bumpy road? We drove on roads that were not the best, yeah. I wouldn't say bumpy road, but, you know, the average small roads around here, we drove on small roads. Okay, That's I understand here I'm looking at the American version. The European yeah, again, version um, of the car could be totally consistently different. This is very normal. Like, I'll give you the biggest blatant example. Go look at a Volkswagen Passat in mm -hmm. Europe. Okay? Now look at the one in America. The one in America is much larger based on older platform. Not that's not a comfortable, well-handling car, but it's a very different car. You know, sometimes they make special models for American tastes. That may be the difference. So if you feel, because you can't go wrong with a Toyota, they're pretty reliable cars. If you feel after driving one or following through and you had a good experience with a rental, which is quite often how people get a sense of how good a car might be. They rent a car and they say, you know what, that's pretty good. Let me go to the dealer and see what they have. If you yeah. really like it and get a good price and they give you a good lease package or purchase package, you know, it's fine. Mm. Yeah, I'm... You know, I found it quite interesting. Um, and the fact that it's a hybrid means you get better mileage. Um, and, and I, it, it was interesting. I didn't realize that the, I thought the hybrid was an all or nothing thing. So it's either electric or gas. Um, but my friend was explaining that the hybrid sort of adds a little bit when you're driving on gas. Or if you're going slow, then it can simply use the electricity. Um, I had no idea it worked like that. Of course, maybe they used, maybe the first ones did work like that. It wasn't all or nothing. I don't know. Okay, I'm looking here. Now, the small sedans from Consumer Reports, they're rating stuff that's more expensive than what you're looking at, like a Mazda 3 or a Toyota Corolla, because the Corolla is like one or two steps above the Yaris. Okay, and so one thing that they're saying here is it gets 85.6 miles per gallon, 
but I need to convert that. So I've found a website that's going to convert, let's see, Imperial 85.6, calculate US. So it gets 71 miles per gallon. That's pretty good, isn't it? Can't knock that. Yeah. And, you know, given the cost of gasoline over here. More to come with Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Hey there, Night Out listeners. Are you frustrated by all those passwords you need to remember? Do you use the same password for multiple sites? Well, now there's a better way. RoboForm, an award-winning password manager that makes your life easier and more secure. With RoboForm, you'll never need to remember or type your passwords again. It's easy to use. It's completely secure. And best of all, listeners, you could use it free. Just go to RoboForm.com slash tech. That's RoboForm.com slash tech. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Hello? Congratulations. For what? We're losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. Would you like to receive $250 to $1,000 cash per day? Go to richmoneyrich.com. No website, no selling, no explaining. Just take these simple two steps and go to richmoneyrich.com. You can be generating cash in the next 24 hours simply using this system. Good news is it runs on 100% autopilot, and you don't need any experience to get started. It's easy. Get your share of easy riches and go to richmoneyrich.com. That's richmoneyrich.com. Go now. Brought to you by the conservative investor. Future returns not indicative of future results. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shot the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-4885. That's 1-800-403-4885. 1-800-403-4885. Or go to SelectQuote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details in the example policy at slowquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states.
This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. So Kirk is looking for a car, I guess. I'm not looking for a car. We have a, a Seat Ibiza. Um, it's a bit old. My partner's mother was very ill, so she was doing a lot of back and forth driving. Like I think she did 20,000 miles last year. The car's not going to last long. And the idea of getting something with 0% financing for a couple hundred pounds a month is actually quite tempting. Did you get a recall notice on your Seat at all? No. That, does, no. It, that's not involved in the recall. No, it's not. I don't think so. It's a diesel. And apparently um, it's only the higher end diesel engines that are affected. We have a, a small, it might be a 1.3 liter diesel. I think it's a two liter that, that's affected. So you lucked out. Well, I don't know if we lucked out. Um, I, I almost would have rather <laughs> gotten some money for it. I don't think it's a, a problem. I never really paid attention to what mileage we get, to be honest. I just know that it does need to be filled up fairly often. But again, it's a diesel, so it's better mileage than a gas engine, but it's much less than what you'd get from a hybrid. 85 miles per imperial gallon, that seems to be quite a bit. 70 US, um, that's quite good. Also, you pay a road tax here every year, partly based on the amount of CO2 the car gives off. I don't know what what the term is. And so it's probably a lower road tax um, because it's a hybrid. Well, you know what? When you get it, tell us about it. If you well, get it. Do you think I, you'll get one, or is it just not finding know. the right deal? Yeah, I'm seeing. So I wouldn't even actually pay any road tax. Interesting. It's less than 100 grams per kilometer, um, so I wouldn't pay any road tax. I just paid 110 on my little um, Kia. Now that's you know that's per year. It's not it's not a lot of money, but it's still saving um, 100 pounds a year. You know, this is the kind of thing that when they have an offer with 0% financing, there's not much of a deal you can get. You can't really negotiate a lot. You might be able to get some extras thrown on. But I don't know. We'll consider it. I'll tell you, it's a great time to buy a Volkswagen. They are offering amazing (laughs) deals. And I'll tell you something. The sales drop in the U.S. is a lot less than you expected because a quarter of their cars were diesel. Yeah. Sales are down maybe 8 or 10%. Yeah. And they've got incentives up the kazoo. Like I saw a Volkswagen Passat that would list for like 29000 and dealers are selling it for 24500 Okay, yeah. I don't know how that relates to you. What kind of models does Volkswagen have in the UK? I have absolutely no idea. I've never looked. It's probably the same cars for the most part that are um, in the US. Get yourself a Beetle. I always wanted a Beetle, but I could yeah. never get the circumstances to work. When I was really young, just after I learned how to drive, I decided I wanted a Beetle. Not that it was the safest car in the world, 
but I couldn't get them to finance me. I was able to get financing on an Opel Cadet, which is the German GM car. At that time, it was being distributed by Buick dealers. So never could get a Beetle. I've had Volkswagens. I've had a couple of Passats. I had a Jetta, but never a Beetle. I kind of would like to have a Beetle before I go, just for the heck of it. It's awfully expensive. It's not priced like the Beetle of the old days, which was, you know, pretty much an inexpensive an inexpensive car. Well, today the Beetle is basically, I think, the same chassis as a Golf, which happens to be an excellent compact car. Yeah. So it's got a pretty high-end pedigree there. You're getting a low-rent Audi, to be blunt about it, with most of the Volkswagen cars. And the Beetle has a lot of options on it. So, yeah, it must cost twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars $25,000 at least. Yeah, I don't know. I remember when it was reintroduced, it wasn't a cheap car. See, we're used to a $2,000 car. Well, I'm used to cheap cars myself. So it's not for me. I wouldn't buy something like that. Right now, brand new VW Beetle, SE model, which is second from the bottom. And the lineup, $24,000. Wow. Okay, and that's, you know, with everything, the steering wheel and the, and the tires, basically. No, the SE is the mid-level. Oh, okay. Okay, so it's got, you know, Bluetooth. I have to look at all the options and stuff, but it's got Bluetooth on it and probably satellite radio. And I'm taking a look here. It offers zero to 60 in nine seconds, which isn't a lot. It's got leatherette upholstery and the leatherette on a VW, looks so close to leather, you'll barely notice the difference. Really? Yeah. And it's VW Carnet, digital audio input. You know, the normal stuff on a car. Dusk sensing headlights, that's auto headlights. It looks like it's pretty well equipped. Yeah, Excellent. neither of our cars has any of those things. They're too old for that. Right. It's got satellite radio, HD radio, which is a standard in the U.S. for digital broadcasting. So I don't know. It looks like a nice car. Well, if someone wants to send me a check, I'll go pick up one. Nice white <laughs> one with a beige interior loaded for like 28000 Get the Get the maxed out version. That's yeah. it right there. Go, go get the maxed out version. Is a Beetle, I'm trying to look here, R-Line SE for $31,000. Okay, I'm just Yeah, talking. see, I don't I I am not a car person. I I don't really get the whole point of why you want to spend maybe 50% more um than what the base model is. And and I'm not sure if it's that the base model is crappy and they've taken everything out or it's just a status thing that people need to spend more. Well, this is a very interesting thing here. If you look at any of these car lines, in Germany, a Mercedes-Benz can be a cab or a BMW. When they bring it to America, they add all these luxury options and a lot of features you don't care about and maybe barely know how to use. And suddenly it's 15000 20000 25000 more. And I think the best thing to get when you buy a car is something like the base model with a few options, a few frills, like a slightly better radio or something, and then you don't get the high-line model, the high-end model. The last two new cars I've owned, I didn't get the high-end model. I used to buy the maxed-out everything. And I realized if you judiciously pick a model, it will give you like 90% of what you want in frills. Mm. But you pay thousands less. Yeah. That's a smart way of doing it. 
Well, the problem is that me not being someone who cares a lot about cars, I find the process of looking at all these things to be so daunting that it's more likely to prevent me from buying a car than to tempt me to buy a car. Well, if there's going to be an Apple car, that's a solution. The only no, I wouldn't I buy an Apple car. It'll Pardon? be overpriced. It'll be overpriced. It'll come with two seats. You'll have to pay $2,000 to get the extra two seats. Um, the trunk will be locked, and you'll have to pay another $1,000 to get the key for the trunk. No. Not going to happen. But I'll tell you, they advertise the Tesla Model 3, where they've gotten 400,000 pre-orders already, advance orders. They, It's just ridiculous. Tesla's never going to produce those things. With that car... The average price will be $7,000 above the minimum price, which is thirty-five. So the affordable Tesla, $42,000 average price will be in the same range as an Audi A4 or a BMW 3 Series. Kirk McElhern, where do we find more of your stuff? You can find me on my website, Kirkville. It's at McElhern.com. That's M-C-E-L-H-E-A-R-N.com. And you can find me over at Macworld, where I write pretty much every week. Kirk McElhern, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me as a guest again, Gene. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. A good stove is at the top of the list for any serious survivalist. That's why you have to see the full range at Emberlit.com. Simple, elegant, but extraordinarily efficient. Available in titanium or stainless steel, the Emberlit line of stoves are ultralight, pack flat, and work great. Fueled only by sticks and debris. From emergency situations to long-term survival, Emberlit stoves are up to the task. Emberlit, the most convenient, easy-to-carry wood stoves on the planet. See them all at Emberlit.com. How would you like to make 17% on your money in only 90 days? That's right, gold owners made 17% in only three months, as gold had its best quarterly gain in 30 years. Gold is on the move, and you need to get government-issued legal tender gold coins starting at only $139 each. The U.S. Money Reserve, one of the largest gold distributors in the country, announces the first-ever at-cost gold release on this station for only $139 each. 1-866-944-GOLD or go online at usmoneyreserve.com. Official U.S. government-issued legal tender solid gold coins at cost for only $139 each. Call 1-866-944-GOLD. Ask for a free 55-page gold buyer's book. Plus, get a free Walking Liberty half dollar just for reading this must-have book all about gold. Remember, gold is on the move, up 17%. Call 1-866-944-GOLD. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 
Dr. Joel Wallach here. If you're a baby boomer and you're worried about the big epidemics coming, and I'm not talking about the bird flu or the swine flu, I'm talking about epidemics of Alzheimer's disease, heart disease, obesity, diabetes, arthritis, cancer. That's because the 80 million baby boomers followed all the advice of doctors, and uh uh-oh, Houston, we have a problem. See Dr. Wallach live in Farmington, New Mexico, Thursday, May 12th at 7 p.m. Go to www.cdocinfarmington.com. That's www.cdocinfarmington.com. Is negative content or comments on the web affecting your personal or professional reputation? Unfavorable comments, embarrassing pictures, videos, legal documents, and negative articles can ruin your personal life, your career, or your business. It happens a lot, and it's just not fair. But what can you do? ReputationDefender.com can help protect your good name. Get a free consultation now. Call 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Call right now for a free expert reputation analysis. It's easy to squash the unfair attacks with our patented system, and the analysis is absolutely free. Make the best things about you jump out in searches. Protect your personal and professional reputation, your business, and your income. Get your free reputation analysis from ReputationDefender.com right now. Call 800-831-0771. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com today. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We're joined by Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer with lots of things to discuss. And I want to focus very briefly here because neither of us have really spent the time to explore the innate details. And that is, it seems to be that the European Commission, which is part of the European Union, is looking into an antitrust complaint against Google. And I think most of it's for search dominance, right, on the Android platform? Right. Yeah. The the, the complaint, as I understand it, is that uh, is that that the EU feels that Google is unfairly limiting people's choices on Android devices as far as search options, specifically internet search options, and uh, and Google is countering with, look, uh, Android. The fact that it exists is good for competition and it's good for consumers because it's uh, it's out there and it's helping drive innovation across the the market of mobile operating systems. Well, maybe it's creating a mess in my view, but I think a lot of it is making Google Search the default, not giving you that option, and of course requiring that you also install Google Play so you have their apps. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, and there's another aspect to this, which is that while Android is open source-ish, Google is uh, putting restrictions on what companies can do with the operating system. You know, as as far as what features can be there, can't be there uh, when they fork Android and make their own operating systems. 
And I just realized that was a whole string of, uh, of pronouns when third-party companies make their own version of, of the operating system based off of Android. There are restrictions that, that Google puts on those companies. So there are specific Google apps and features that must be included. I think that's part of the issue here, too. So open source is not entirely open source. It's open source with terms and conditions. Right. And that's why I was saying open source-ish. Well, the key, of course, is to assert the dominance of its search engine, first of all, because that's what makes up, what, 90% of Google's income. And then Google Play, which is another portion of their income, but not nearly as high. So it's all about that. But still, none of this stops a handset maker from putting on their own junkware. Because there's plenty. You get a Samsung Galaxy smartphone, and there's a mess of stuff in there. I'm just going southern on you here. There's a mess of stuff, a heap of stuff on there. Boy, howdy. Sure enough. And in addition, the carrier can put on their own junk. So I don't think that Android users are stuck without a choice because of anything. If different manufacturers set up different forked versions of Android, people would be confused. You know, I'm buying an Android smartphone because I have a Samsung Galaxy now. I like the HTC and sell by an HTC. And suddenly it's a different product with a different operating system, different other choices. I'm not getting consistency. So the openness can breed confusion. Yeah, and also keep in mind the way Europe looks at monopolies and market control and and fairness in competition is, I think, markedly different than the way those topics are viewed in the United States. And in the United States, I don't think Google's practices with the requirements and restrictions that it puts on other companies when they are using Android or developing their their own forked operating system based on Android, I don't think those issues would be as big a deal in the United States. I'm assuming that's actually the case because we're not seeing similar investigations into Google's practices with Android here. Yeah, but you know, it takes quite a bit to promote an antitrust investigation in the U.S. We do it very often, even under the alleged liberal administration of Barack Obama. There hasn't been that much antitrust action. Of course, there was the one with Apple and the e-books and the publishers. Right. But and that's that a rarity. Just a weird mess. Yes, that was a big rarity. You don't normally see that happen here. I think if there's any issue with Google, it is, okay, make it easy for people to pick another search engine. Okay, that's the end of it. Or if they're going to do that too, make it, because this is a matter of public safety and security, demand that Google do something to allow people who buy Android smartphones a better chance of getting security updates and general OS updates. Right now, it's very hit or miss. Yeah, and that to me that's a that's a pretty frustrating thing for the Android market. It's really difficult right now for people to know, for the average user to know what version of Android they're getting on what device and then to figure out how to get updates for that operating system because for the most part they're at the mercy of their service provider to get those updates. That's just a mess. And the way it works is first it goes to the handset maker. 
and they do their own stuff because they've got their own proprietary software on there. That goes to the carrier, but that time, nobody cares anymore. Oh, they sold you the smartphone, and other than giving you routine service if the hardware breaks, that's it for them. They've had enough. Yeah, and, well, this whole thing with managing operating systems on this scale, that's not something that carriers were ever really designed to handle. Yes, there have always been operating systems on the phones that they sell, but right now they're kind of in a position where they're having to provide services that a company that that's like a computer reseller or manufacturer would have to deal with. That's that's not what they do. In the past, you know, occasionally you'd get a, a dumb phone or, or what they call a feature phone that would have some sort of minor software update. But it wasn't that big of a deal. It's not, it's not like trying to update the operating system on a smartphone or or uh, a tablet. Yes, and it was even worse though, because again, update it generally wasn't an over-the-air update. You had yeah, to you go to device. the carrier's own factory store, not a third party, and have them take it through a very very Rube Goldbergish update system with a special computer and everything. And sometimes it wouldn't work. Yeah, and oftentimes, I I found when I would take my whatever flip phone, like my Razor or whatever it was, in, they'd be like, "Yeah, the guy that can do that isn't here today," or they just they they would say, "Oh, we don't do that here." They they didn't want to even try. They and, didn't make it easy. No, and and occasionally when I'd push to get my update, they would just say, "Here, we're swapping out your phone." It was easier for them to replace the phone than have to run that update. And yep. then you'd have to basically reconfigure it from scratch because they wouldn't do it for you and they had no way to bring over your data. No, they didn't. That that was back in the in the days when when we would sing the praises of iSync because if you had the right phone and the right plugins and were using the right apps, you could get some data back on onto your phone. Oh, good times. I would think here that the best solution for Android is to take the carriers out of it. They should let the handset makers push the updates directly. I mean, Apple makes it possible now, but it's done through an Internet connection. It's not done necessarily under control of the carrier. So you can use their network or any other ISP and receive your updates from Apple. Nobody is controlling it. It's all about Apple. So why can't the handset makers for Android gear do the same thing? They feed their updates online, and the carriers are not involved in it, have no control over it, other than the, other than the amount of data you use, which, of course, they'll be counting away and ticking away. Before we tick away too much more, we're talking with Jeff Gamut from the Mac Observer, a little bit about the European Commission's investigation of Google for antitrust, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. 
Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. You've woke up to the deception. You understand how big government and corporations are controlling you. Guess what? The trail goes even deeper. When you want to learn the full truth, visit toolsforfreedom.com. We take you further into uncovering the conspiracy than you've ever been before. Click toolsforfreedom.com. Use coupon code RADIO to get a free DVD today. Or call 800-770-8802. That's 800-770-8802. toolsforfreedom.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. My computer is so slow, it's making me crazy. I used to have that problem. Did you quit using a computer or did you buy a new one? No, I called Geeks on site. They made an appointment to visit my home and showed up the same day. You mean they didn't ask you to bring your computer to a shop? That's what happened when I called a support company. Geeks on site can go to your home or business or even repair your computer online. They have 24-7 emergency service. If you are having problems with your PC or Mac, call Geeks on site. 1-800-591-1682. Our friendly certified computer repair experts are available 24-7. Call now for a free diagnosis. 1-800-591-1682. Data recovery, virus removal, and maintenance for all laptops, desktops, printers, and networks. That's Geeks on site for friendly certified computer repair experts available 24-7 over the phone or in your home or business. Just call 1-800-591-1682. That's 1-800-591-1682. 1-800-591-1682. 
Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle live with Gene Steinberg. Back with Jeff Gamet. Now, if Google loses, they could be paying billions of dollars of fines and then mm-hmm. simply mess up the rather fragile ecosystem of Android. Yes. Uh, but there's so much momentum behind Android that I don't see this, even if Google has to pay out gobs of money, I don't see this as something that's that's going to be the downfall of Android. It's going to have an impact on growth, and it's going to have an impact on uh, potentially on Google revenues, but this isn't going to be a showstopper. Right, but they would have to change some of their operational procedures, reach some kind of compromise, say, okay, we'll make it easier for our customers to set up a default search engine and maybe slightly loosen the requirements for using a forked version of Android, but there's a danger in that. That's going to cause a mess. When you look at what the primary purpose of Android is, and there were two primary purposes, but at this point, it's only one. The, the first was that this was another way for Google to collect information on us because we are the product as far as Google is concerned. And the second was to do what you suggested before the break, where you said, why doesn't Google come up with a way to let the phone makers as opposed to the carriers handle the updates. And that was part of the idea behind Android. But the way Google set everything up and let the companies just kind of have free reign over the way they were dealing with it, it fell apart. So part of that vision just simply evaporated because there was no way to make that happen when the carriers and the device makers were still making the same deals and it just ended up not working out the way Google had wanted. But the money-making side, that's still there. Although it's a safe bet Google would not make as much money off of us as the product if the device makers and the service providers are not forced to include all of the same apps that Google demands today. Well, here's the thing also. There are people who use those apps. And again, you could say, well, we don't have to include that right But when people buy an Android phone, there have to be a sense of expectations. Well, I have Chrome, I have Google Play, I have this, that, and the other thing, and suddenly I get a smartphone. Where is that? Why don't I have this? What's going on? And that only causes confusion. Android is fragmented enough already. Why make it worse for the customer? I think they have to consider Mm -hmm. the customer here. See, it's not just about having a default search engine. I can see the wisdom of that, and it's not really hard to implement. It's just a matter of mindset. But the rest, you know, having a basic set of apps available, I think that's important. But I think the one thing that the EC is not looking at is, hey, we have the security of the customer in mind here. They should be able to get any update they need for the operating system to fix insecure apps and such. Why can't we put that as a demand? 
that's the real problem. It's not whether it's you have this search engine or another. Yeah, and that's a place where you see governments around the world stumble because they focus on key points and aren't able to grasp the bigger picture. They focus on a small set of what we call in politics talk points. These talking points cover everything, even though they focus on nothing. And that's part of, you know, our soundbite culture, where a politician, instead of enunciating a real policy, will say, I'll put your tax return on a simple postcard. Yeah, but then everybody can see it. How can you send it out on a postcard open with your social security number and all your tax information? I mean, that's how simple-minded these things become. True. Yeah, a postcard with your tax information on it. Oh, man, that that's like begging for identity theft. Now, I understand that the tax laws are, what, 60,000 pages and nobody knows all of them. And if you could really distill it down to a basic set of simple tax rates, a limited set of deductions, make the tax laws 20 pages and say, that's it. Of course, then a lot of accountants will be out of work and they have a big lobby in Washington. Yeah, true. But, you know, sometimes when we go through a significant revolution in the way we handle a specific market, a lot of people end up out of work, but then there are new jobs because there are things people don't anticipate and the, the jobs still happen. But I know that's that's not the point of, of the show. Besides, I can talk about the fact that my profession before I got into Macs and desktop publishing was basically made obsolete by the Mac. Did you do uh, like, like page paste up? I did traditional typography and some paste up. All of that became obsolete with the Mac. And within a few years, the high salaries we get for doing that. They went away. They went away. I mean, that's when I became a freelance writer because I couldn't make it at that. I was going broke. But we don't want to discuss my terrible money situation. We have a lot more things to talk about. Okay. Speaking of the government. So we Mm -hmm. hear now from the FBI, they finally get the information off this iPhone 5C used by the terrorist, and they basically said there was nothing actionable on it. So after all this brouhaha and they get the information, a third-party hacker group comes to the FBI, they unlock it in 26 minutes, and now there's really nothing serious on it. Now, maybe that satisfies them that at least they're not missing out on any information, but as a practical matter, this was a work phone And I wouldn't have expected that criminals smart enough to destroy their own mobile gear, their own computing gear, would be so stupid as to put all that stuff on a work phone that could at any time be retrieved by the employer. Right. And what you just said, these are all things that the FBI was already aware of. And the San Bernardino police, they were already aware uh, of this as well. They were not expecting to find anything of value on the iPhone. My feeling, based on the amount of time it takes to actually work through the data forensically to see if there are actionable leads, that takes like a day. And and I'm not exaggerating or downplaying what it really is. It's like a day. That's it. So they were done hunting through the phone to find evidence that they could act on within about 24 hours of unlocking the phone, which means they've been sitting on the the knowledge that they didn't have any actionable leads from the device for at least a couple of weeks now. 
And now the FBI is saying, well, you know, we conducted our investigation and what we did was prove that there, there wasn't any additional information on this iPhone. It's leaving a bad taste in my mouth because based on the evidence they already had, based on the knowledge they had and the experience that they had, there was no reason for them to expect anything other than what happened. And I think that this was wasted resources as far as an investigation goes. They didn't need to do this. And now, they, and now they're saying, well, what we did was uh, we found that there was no evidence and therefore that made this a worthwhile endeavor. Now, they already knew there was no evidence. It's, so it was worthwhile because... We found no evidence, even though we really didn't suspect there was any evidence. Now, we also have a bill about encryption that's in Congress. It's been written by a Republican and a Democrat. Mm -hmm. And it's getting a lot of criticism because, in a sense, it would almost prevent a company from encrypting their data. Yeah, the Burr-Feinstein bill. Basically, what the bill does, from what I've been able to figure out based on everything I've read, it kills encryption. Because even though you can encrypt something, if someone else has an easy way to get at that data, it's encrypted in name only. And expecting something like like this bill to be a thing that lives in a vacuum, meaning the only people that would ever have the ability to take advantage of, of what companies would be forced to do would be the United States government. No, that's not how this works. If Apple and Google and Amazon and Microsoft and everyone else are forced to create a system where they can decrypt the data on your devices and then hand it over to the government, then encryption is over. Because once one government can do it, all governments are going to want to do it. And if a government can do it, a hacker, a spy, uh, a script kitty that knows how to do a, a, an efficient Google search, they can all get into your device. And at that point, encryption is something that we have in name only. That doesn't really help anything, does it? No, it does not. My guess is that the Burr-Feinstein bill is going to fizzle out before it, uh, it it becomes anything bigger, and it's it's definitely not something that I see actually becoming law. Uh, certainly not in its current state. So, on one hand, I'm not concerned about the bill, but on the other hand, the sentiment behind the bill this this is something that a lot of people in the Department of Justice and and in Congress are supporting. I gotta break it okay. and we'll figure it out. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap. 
But not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. Dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications, such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break, and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs, causing serious injuries. If you or a loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, no- Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer joining us, and we're talking briefly about this Burr Feingold bill mm-hmm. and its problems. And right now, as it is, it's not realistic because it doesn't address the need of the customer to have protection. And one of the reasons that Apple implemented hardware encryption on their devices is the fact that law enforcement authorities were basically saying, do something because we've got to deal with the problem with iPhone thefts. We want to stop people from stealing iPhones or at least bring the numbers down. And one way, if the data were encrypted and the criminals couldn't get to it, they wouldn't steal them. So Apple did that. So what happens? Well, we need that data. And the big problem I'm seeing right now is that the people that are proposing these laws and and the people that are supporting these, these laws or proposed laws are people that don't understand the technology and don't understand the ramifications of what they're proposing. And once uh, something like this ends up becoming law, then then they'll start seeing what they've done, but it will be too late. Well, the thing is, in this Congress, nothing gets approved anyway. This bill is far too complicated. It has yes, words it with more than two syllables. <laughs> it does. And many, and many of those syllables are strung together in, in ways that, that will cause all kinds of problems. Right. It's got sentences, more than 10 words each. You know, I mean, that's how they disagreed with the health care law. Look, it's got 2,000 triple space pages. Therefore, it's got to be bad because it's big. It's got too many words. Let's have fewer words. Yeah. It's my guess is that ultimately this bill is going to just go away. But there will be another one that follows it. 
and and that one may get farther, maybe not. And if it doesn't, there'll be another one after that. And and the big issue here is that the sentiment is there in in Congress, the the notion that we should not be able to truly protect our our privacy, our communications, our bank transactions, uh, our photographs. That's a big issue right now, and uh, and unless we can find a way to convince Congress that that stripping away encryption or giving us encryption in name only is not a good thing for the, for the individual, for the economy, and for the country, and well, and for the whole world. What will happen is as the presidential campaign intensifies, and as members of Congress have to go back home and find ways to raise enough capital to get reelected, they'll stop thinking about it. Yes, uh, until it becomes something that that uh, is politically useful for them, which is just the nature of politics. So what I, what I'm hoping is that we can find a point where this kind of dies down for a while and and people can learn more before they before they push forward with with proposed legislation my fear is that's not going to happen well i think one of the recommendations there was to have a committee set up including members of the tech companies to figure out some kind of solution that allows under certain circumstances, access to data. But I have a feeling there's no solution to that. Because as soon as you have a back door, you then compromise everybody's security. Yes. Uh, Encryption and security, these are binary things. You have them or you don't. And that's, that's the place where, right now, many people in the government are getting hung up because they think that shouldn't be the way it is. But that's how it is. All right, this won't be solved on this show or any other show. It's just going to go on and on until the politics and the crazy season, which is already in place, just takes over and overwhelms us even further. So let's look at other stuff. And one of those things is the fact that I guess the first Mac update of the year, new MacBook came out. Also, they increased the standard RAM on a 13-inch MacBook Air to 8 gigabytes. I mm-hmm. want to discuss the latter. Okay. Because I can't get over the fact that, except for the 27-inch iMac and the Mac Pro, you cannot change memory on Macs anymore. They made it impossible. That's kind of frustrating. It is frustrating. So I understand, okay, setting 8 gigabytes is the minimum, but what about the people with the 11-inch MacBook Air? Will that change soon also? What is there about this that prevents Apple from allowing you to upgrade RAM on these devices? Having a couple of more seams in the back cover? I think this is a, a, a place where Apple chose form over function, and that they can make the devices that much thinner by not giving us RAM sockets. And they're just soldering the RAM directly onto the, the computer board. And 
that's saving a couple millimeters here, a couple millimeters there. And we end up with these really sexy looking, really thin and sleek computers with, with a minimal number of, of seams on them. And they look, I mean, they, they really, really look nice. Apple makes computers that from a physical standpoint, no one has been able to match. They're just sexy machines. The problem is, just what you said, we can't upgrade RAM in these things. So you have to make a big choice right up front because there, there's no take backs when, uh, when you configure your Mac computer, except in a couple very limited cases. And that bugs me because the idea that I can't upgrade my RAM, I can't upgrade, well, well you can't upgrade your, your storage, but, uh, that's one of those things where you have to wait for third-party companies to develop the right tools and right, right pieces, and, and it's not something that the average person is going to do. So for all practical purposes, when you buy a Mac, almost any model Mac, you have to make all the decisions about its capabilities before you, you click the buy button because you can't do anything to it later. That's really frustrating. Ah, uh, you know... I just think that there are ways for a smart company like Apple to develop a way to change memory without really seriously interfering with the looks of the device. I mean, if you, you could think. take the back off anyway to replace the hard drive, why not be able to replace the RAM then and there? Yeah, I, I agree. And... Uh, I, I really think the reason Apple made this choice that that clearly has both of us up in arms to a degree is for form because they can make the the computers just that much thinner because they don't have to have the the little socket clips for RAM chips. That's going to change the weight by how much? A couple of grams? A couple of grams. And your your computer would be a millimeter or two thicker. Maybe I think Apple could figure a way to keep it down to less than a millimeter. In other words, nobody would notice the difference, except Jonathan Ive. I really think, and I said this to Kirk McElhern, that somebody ought to take Jonathan Ive into a little room and go to his head. You know, I don't know if you ever watch the show NCIS where they smack the guy's head to knock sense into him. Knock sense. We don't want to talk about violence here. People will say we're preaching violence. We're not. But explain to Jonathan Ive that, you know, when you buy a new Mac, you can say, all right, pay another $100 and get more memory. It's not that easy. Take a student, somebody on a budget, and they want to get an 11-inch MacBook Air, and they pay $8.99 for it. Now, you can say, well, for $9.99, you get more RAM. All right, but who's going to give me the $100? I need that $100 to make up the difference in the rent, to pay the electric bill, to pay the cable TV bill. I can't pay that $100 now, but I need this computer. So why not make it possible for me to buy it now and upgrade the memory six months from now? I mean, that's really, I think, asking too much of a customer and not being realistic of why it would happen. What's happening now is you're listening to the Tech Night Out Live. Our guest is Jeff Gamet. I'm Gene Steinberg. Hey there, Night Owl listeners. Are you frustrated by all those passwords you need to remember? 
Do you use the same password for multiple sites? Well, now there's a better way. RoboForm, an award-winning password manager that makes your life easier and more secure. With RoboForm, you'll never need to remember or type your passwords again. It's easy to use. It's completely secure. And best of all, listeners, you could use it free. Just go to RoboForm.com slash tech. That's RoboForm.com slash tech. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. It's no secret that pathogens such as bacteria, viruses, moles, and fungus can inflict severe damage in the human body. Fortunately, a new and vastly improved silver solution has been developed. Supernatural Silver is a revolutionary, broad-spectrum, antibacterial, antiviral, antifungal solution that can be used inside the body as well as on the skin. Supernatural Silver is unique and superior to colloidal and ionic silvers using a patented technology that is highly effective against colds, flus, infections, food poisoning, and yeast, in addition to many other pathogens. Supernatural Silver is scientifically supported, extremely safe, and is the number one choice of thousands of people for immune system support. Find out how Supernatural Silver could change your life. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com and use the promo code HEALTHY for 20% off. That's SupernaturalSilver.com. And like us on Facebook. Paid non-attorney spokesperson, Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas, is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. This is it. For the first time ever on this station, U.S. government gold offered at cost for only $139 each. With Wall Street suffering its worst start to a trading year in history, now is especially the time to be paying attention to gold. This first ever U.S. legal tender government gold offered at cost for only $139 each is from the U.S. Money Reserve. Call them at 1-866-944-GOLD. Gold is on the move, so don't miss out. For the first time ever on this station, U.S. government gold offered at cost for only $139 each. 1-866-944-GOLD or online at usmoneyreserve.com. Ask for a free 55-page gold buyer's book. Plus, get a free walking Liberty Half Dollar just for reading this must-have book. Get your free gold book, your free half dollar, but most importantly, get your gold at cost for only $139 per coin. 1-866-944-GOLD. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. 
we'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. On the Tech Night Owl Live, we're talking about our mutual objection to Apple's policy to restrict RAM upgrades on most hardware. I'd really like to see people in the media who talk to Apple executives to actually ask them about this. I mean, it's very frustrating. I have complaints about the media in general, where they do not talk to these companies and ask them hard questions. And when they do, they don't follow up. You know, you get corporate spins, like asking a politician, what are you going to do about this? And they repeat their talk points. Very rarely does someone say, yeah, but this doesn't make sense because of this, or the Congressional Budget Office says your tax program will add $10 trillion to the deficit, which it does, by the way, in some cases. You know, you ask these questions. Are they afraid that Apple executives won't agree to be interviewed anymore? I could see where some people would be concerned. And and it just occurred to me that there is a difference in philosophy in the way we look at our computers and the way Apple looks at our computers, which is interesting because we're buying Apple's computers. We see our computers as these utility devices that we should have a lot of control over so that we can use them in more productive ways for whatever it is that we need to do. So that means sometimes we need to upgrade the hard drives or add another extra hard drive. Sometimes we need to upgrade the RAM. There there are different things like that that we need or want to do. Apple is looking at our devices like appliances, which is what Steve Jobs envisioned for the Mac in the very beginning, all those years ago. Technology has advanced to the point where Apple really can build our computers like appliances, meaning you buy it, you take it out of the box, and what it is is what it is. And there is an elegance to that. But it's a problem for a lot of us that use our computers as work tools and not simply information appliances. Now, maybe they're looking at it in some ways like a car. And yeah, there's some things you can do in the aftermarket, but replacing an engine is near impossible. So you pretty much get what you want, except maybe for swapping out the radio or adding some kind of extra speed option to it. Mm -hmm. You get the car that you pay for. And I guess you can call that a driving appliance because there are limited upgrades you can do unless, you know, you can still go to the aftermarket and get the suspension and all that. At least you can do that. Here you have a computer like the Mac Mini. Now, the Mac Mini had a simple, elegant way to upgrade RAM. And look fine, because it was mm-hmm. at the bottom of the box, right? Now, yep. that's gone. It doesn't make it any bigger or smaller. It doesn't change the size. It's basically the same size case, except for the lack of the ability to upgrade RAM. How much does that save Apple to do that? What, $2? You know, I don't even think it's about the money for Apple. I think this is all about really pushing our devices to an appliance mindset. My favorite computer of all time, the Pismo PowerBook, that black PowerBook that Apple made, you know, where the Apple logo was upside down when you lifted up the lid. You could pop the keyboard out and replace the RAM. You could put two batteries into it, or you could have a battery and a CD drive or something else. You could 
open up the the bottom of the case and easily replace the hard drive. That was like the most open and usable Mac ever. I updated the crap out of mine over and over. And man, that was an amazing machine. I, I miss the days of the, of the Pismo PowerBook. Now, there was one generation of the iMac, I think a G5, where it was set up so all of the hardware was in removable modules. Mm-hmm. So if you need to service something, you kind of unplug it and take it out. Of course, now Apple is concentrating so much on miniaturization, you can't do that. So, for example, with the most recent generations of iMacs, they have the display attached by adhesive to the case. Before, you could take it off with suction cups because it was held by magnets. And that was pretty awkward. I've gone through the process. But now the adhesive, it's removable. But ooh, it's kind yeah. of an ugly process for such an elegant product. Yes. Yes, it is. And it's unfortunate. You know, I remember when Apple did the, the kind of modular thing with uh, the iMac guts. That's something that Hewlett-Packard does with the majority of their computers, like, the, like their Z-series. And it's really cool because you pop open the case and, and it can be their all-in-ones, which is their version of an iMac or, or their workstations, and to a degree, even their laptops. You just pop the case open and everything is a module and it has a little handle. You just slide it out, you put the new thing in and you're done. It's really cool. But the trade-off is size and weight. And to do that, all of their computers are bigger and bulkier and far less sleek compared to what Apple makes. I will bet, though, that Apple could take a MacBook, design it in a way that you can change RAM, and have an almost unmeasurable difference in weight and change the size less than one millimeter on a MacBook. I think they can do that. And by the way, they had a new MacBook out this week. Any thoughts about it since we brought that up? I like that they finally did an update to the MacBook because it's been a year and I think some people were getting concerned that maybe Apple tossed a product on the market and then was kind of uh, letting it be and forgetting about it. The update that they did, one of the big things that we can see from the MacBook is that it's the device that telegraphs what Apple's going to be doing with the MacBook Pro, much in the same way that Apple used the iPad or iPod Mini as a test bed for features for future iPod models. I think we're seeing the same thing with the MacBook. So we can we can look at the MacBook today and have a pretty good idea of what to expect from form factor and to a degree features when the Mac next MacBook Pro comes out, I'm assuming in June at Worldwide Developers Conference. Now, when I look at the MacBook, it's 12-inch screen. I think if they had a comparable 15-inch model with a slight boost in performance and all that, maybe a second USB-C port, I think that would be the ideal notebook for most people. I think when traveling, most people need no more than external drive or to hook up maybe a mic as I do because I do remote recording. Mm-hmm. A lot of that stuff can be done with the one connector because if you're getting 10 hours battery life, you don't have to plug it into a charging port very often. Mm-hmm. And everything else is done online wirelessly. And that's the big point here. We don't need all that extra stuff. We think we do. And I go back to my early days with the PowerBook. And I would travel and I want to bring a mini version of my office with me. I bring the MacBook. I bring an extra hard drive. I bring a microphone. I bring a portable printer. I had to duplicate my home office experience, and then I realized I don't need to do that. And so I would take less and less with me. 
And I realized, sure, with the MacBook, performance is not going to be what you get with a MacBook Pro. On the other hand, if you compare that performance with a MacBook Pro of three, four years ago, it's not that much different. So, you know, that's how things change. So I think this is a harbinger of the future because Apple's telling you, you really don't, when you travel, have to take so much stuff with you. Think about it. Do you Mm -hmm. really need that? Well, maybe the extra hard drive for backup. And as I said, maybe one or two other remote thingies. But otherwise, travel light, folks. Yeah, there's a lot of cases now where I don't need to travel with my MacBook Pro. I can get by with my iPad Pro. Let's go into more of that. In our next segment, we've got Jeff Gamut from the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Are you worried about how dangerous the world has become? In these days of terrorist attacks, natural disasters, or even a future collapse, you need to be medically prepared to keep your family safe. I'm Joe Alton, MD of store.doomandbloom.net, where you'll find an entire line of uniquely designed medical kits and supplies for when help is not on the way. For everything from individual first aid kits to the ultimate family medical bag, go to store.doomandbloom.net today. That's store.doomandbloom.net. You'll be glad you did. I'm Jesse Gonzalez, Vice President at Kmart. Did you know that premature birth is the number one killer of babies in the United States? Or that survivors can face a lifetime of serious health problems? But you can help. Join me in Kmart for the March for Babies Walk. We'll work together to raise funds for research and programs that help the marginalized fight premature birth and birth defects and improve the health of moms and babies. Start your team today at marchforbabies.org. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shopped the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-4885. That's 1-800-403-4885. 1-800-403-4885. Or go to selectquote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com. commercials. Your price can vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. 
reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with reputationdefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit reputationdefender.com. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. We have Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. A reminder, we want you to check out the best way on the planet, the best way on the planet to support this show. How so? Sign up for Tech Night Out Plus. We give you a higher resolution version of the show, better quality audio, free of the network ads, for a modest subscription fee. Per month, it's like $6, but if you subscribe for a year or more, we give you huge discounts. Did I say huge? So we suggest you do it. Check it out, plus.technightout.com. That's plus.technightout.com. We're talking about the MacBook, the new one, and also the iPad Pro. Now, speaking of the iPad Pro, Jeff Gamet, mm-hmm. have you played with the 9.7-inch version? Uh, briefly. I, I'm a 12.9-inch user, and I'm not going to downscale even though there are a couple really cool features on on the 9.7 inch screen that I would like to have, they're not worth giving up what I would give up. So I'll stick with the with the 12.9 inch. I assume things like True Tone, the, yep. the automatic color management, and all that. That's going to be there on the next iPad Pro. I think so. The way I'm using my iPad Pro today, while True Tone would be a nice feature to have, it's not something that's critical for me. If I could start doing more, what I'll call heavy-duty image editing on my iPad than than I'm doing today, at that point, depending on what I'm working on, True Tone could become a, a very important thing to me. Now, Apple sent me a loaded 9.7-inch version in silver with 256 gigabytes, the cellular radio. This is the one for, I think, $1,029. Mm-hmm. They sent me a couple of cases, including the smart keyboard. Now... I did not like the smart keyboard on the 12.9-inch Pro. And the reason is, the way my hands are shaped when I type, I kept missing the space bar. It seemed like a little stiff or a little bit awkward. 
So I'm typing something and there are no word spaces. On the other hand, the smart keyboard on the 9.7 inch version, although smaller keys and everything, it feels different and I can type without missing the space bar. So I kind of like it better, but still, I would like to see a real MacBook style keyboard on iPad Pro. I do not like any of the keyboards I've seen. Not Apple's, not anyone else's. You know, coming up with the right keyboard, that's a hard thing. Much to my surprise, I actually like the smart keyboard on the 12.9-inch iPad Pro. I did not expect that at all. But uh, it turns out the keyboard works really well for me. And even though it doesn't give me the the same feel and the same throw as I get when I'm using my the external keyboard I have on my Mac, I still really like it. And and I'm very surprised to, to say that. But I totally get why you wouldn't. And I agree with you. Someone needs to come up with the perfect keyboard for, me, for the iPad Pro. And, uh, and when they do, they're going to make so much money. It's going to be huge. It's, yeah, it's going to be huge. I think Apple could do it. Am I totally wrong here? Uh, you are not wrong. And I think what they put into that case is very close to what they have in the MacBook. And, and that's, a, that's a keyboard that people seem to be loving or hating. Right, but I like the MacBook keyboard. I like the Magic keyboard, but it doesn't feel like that embedded in a smart keyboard case. Yeah. No, I I totally get that. And and I agree. Apple could come up with a much better feeling keyboard. Uh but I think this is another place where they will sacrifice function for form. And as far as the iPad Pro is concerned, All right, it's better than the iPad Air 2. I don't think it's $100 better. Of course, now the iPad Air 2 is $100 less. But I see that it's improved in some nice areas. But until Apple opens up the apps to those I could use, like audio capture apps like a Rogue Amoeba Audio Hijack, where you can grab audio from Skype and maybe an external USB mixer and put them together. That's what I'm doing right now. I can't do this on iPad Pro. Yeah, and this is why I can't go to conferences and other big events with just my iPad Pro, because I have to record shows. And and I'm doing something similar to you, where I need Audio Hijack so that I can record from apps and from microphones at the same time, and you just can't do that on an iPad. Not today. Well, hopefully tomorrow, next year, whatever. Also, on the 12.9-inch iPad Pro, I think the split view ought to have up to four apps. Interesting. I don't know if I if I want that. Now, Microsoft's split view alternative offers the opportunity for more apps on a larger screen. So four apps. I mean, if you can have two on a 9.7-inch screen, can't you have four on a 12.9-inch screen? You could. And, uh, and I hadn't thought about it before, but I think that's because I, I do this thing that... Uh, that I call serial switching, meaning I tend to work with two apps at the same time, but the two apps that I'm using is constantly changing. So I might be writing in BB Edit and working with something in the mail app or BB Edit and Safari or then uh, then Safari and Photoshop. So I tend to jump between two applications, but those two applications change a lot. Okay, so right now I have 
Skype on, of course, to capture the session. I have Audio Hijack. In the background, I have Sound Studio, which is my editing app. And I need to go there, like, to check if we have a problem with the audio. Occasionally, I'll go, jump back to Apple Mail and then to Safari to do some online research while I'm on the show. I want to find more information about a topic. So I'll mm-hmm. do some quick research. So basically, I'm jumping back and forth between five apps. Yeah, podcasting is my big exception to my usual workflow. And uh, I yeah, I have to jump between Skype and Audio Hijack and QuickTime and Slack and Safari. And I'm, I'm jumping between those all the time when I'm doing a show. Exactly. So, okay, so in that situation, if I could do a full-on podcast workflow like I do on my Mac, but do it on my iPad Pro, I would need to have more than, than two apps visible at once. I bet I could get away with four in that case. Okay, four apps on a 12.9-inch iPad Pro. Why not? Yeah. That, that, okay, y- you've convinced me that would be a nice option. Maybe iOS 10. They'll think about it. What would you like to see in iOS 10? Because we'll have some answers, say, in another couple of months. I would like to see a more flexible app switching option in split view mode. Okay, there you go. So, which would which would make my my serial switching for two apps much easier because I could have one app up and then in the other half of my screen I could bring up uh, you know like something that shows the the apps that I've used recently and then pick from them very quickly. That that would be really useful for me. Uh, the the ability to do exactly what we've been talking about, which is. Uh, have have a system where I can create a recording workflow like I have on my Mac, where I can record from apps and microphones simultaneously. Also, the thing is here to be able to deal with files from multiple apps in a single interface. So there has to be some sort of workflow file system that you could use as a central repository. And now you don't really have it that way. No. And I think I want that. But I'm not sure. And the reason I say that is because maybe I'm trying to think about the way I use my iPad too much like the way I use my Mac. And, uh, and so maybe there's a different way that I need to be thinking about how I deal with multiple files for a single app. And, and I just don't realize what that is yet. So I'm keeping an open mind there. Well, maybe Apple's looking for a solution or maybe not, but we're seeing here a wish list that I think a lot of people who are into productivity for different gadgets are going to be talking about. we got one more segment with Jeff Gamut. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. 
Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. A good stove is at the top of the list for any serious survivalist. That's why you have to see the full range at Emberlit.com. Simple, elegant, but extraordinarily efficient. Available in titanium or stainless steel, the Emberlit line of stoves are ultralight, pack flat, and work great. Fueled only by sticks and debris. From emergency situations to long-term survival, Emberlit stoves are up to the task. Emberlit, the most convenient, easy-to-carry wood stoves on the planet. See them all at Emberlit.com. Bad news, Americans. You're probably stockpiling for a disaster all wrong. When the big one comes, you'll need more than that poisonous, oversalted survival food you now see everywhere. There are three vital things that your survival food is missing, and it's the first thing to disappear from grocery stores. Go to superfoodradio.com now to see my story of how I nearly died when I was forced to live on a popular survival food. That's superfoodradio.com, and I'll show you how everything you've been told about survival food is dead wrong. Go to superfoodradio.com now. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy.
so you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So we're talking about, I guess, things we'd like to see in iOS 10 to make the iPad a more productive device. And that Apple has made this investment in the iPad Pro. Clearly, they've got that idea. That's why you have an Apple Pencil. Mm-hmm. That's why you have more illustration and photo editing apps. But the audio field hasn't been addressed yet. It's not just editing something in GarageBand. It's having lots of apps, ways to capture audio. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be done the same way as the Mac. And we we're talking here about the management of documents for multiple apps having a central repository. It doesn't have to be a raw file system either. It could be like a little box there where you have all your documents. They have that in in like iMovie where you have a little container or something where sure. you can pick up your audio clips and your video clips. So maybe you have a container that's available, like a system-wide container that's dedicated to certain apps that are programmed to require it. And then you can go in there, go into your little container and grab the audio files you need, grab the ones to edit. And when you need to export them somewhere, you can then easily sync them with your Mac. You know, as you're saying this, I think I know how I want to be able to do this sort of thing on my iPad. What I would like to be able to do is say, this is a project, and these are the files that are part of the project, regardless of what app they came from. That, to me, would be really useful on my iPad because I don't use my iPad the same way I use my Mac. So project-based organization, that would be useful for me. Okay, now we've got it there. So we have that container can be called a project. But still the same thing, the same function, whatever you call it. It is a container for different assets that you need for a particular job. And that's independent of the app. It's a central repository of assets that any app can tap. That's what I need right there. It could be a container. It could be a project. It could be a project container. It could be a collection of assets. It doesn't matter what you call it. But I think we're honing in here on something that Apple has to consider. And as you say, it doesn't have to be the way you do it on a Mac, which can be very confusing for some people. It has to be more restrictive, more focused, that anybody can say, okay, I understand what that's for. And as I think about it more, I don't want it to be the same way that it is on my Mac, because that's not how I use my iPad. No, but if you want a productive device, the iPad, I think, especially a Pro, would be a great portable workstation. I'm certain you can create 4K videos on the 9.7-inch version, and that will probably come to the bigger model this fall. But imagine an Ultra HD workstation the size of a 12.9-inch iPad Pro. That's pretty exciting. 
and also a professional audio workstation. You know, imagine yeah, making movies on that thing. Imagine having a bank of iPad Pros doing the basic, simple, basic editing, not the final editing, but to get the, the dailies and everything. Look at the dailies, hook up, make sure that you get an instant playback of a scene that's very complicated that requires a lot of expensive setup. So if you have to do it again, you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, we're, we're developing like a whole thing here. I think Apple needs to call us and send well, us I'm checks. sure they listen to your show every week. I'm sure they do. They wouldn't send me gear to test if they didn't think I had some place to talk about it. So I'm glad that, that we're hashing through this so that they can take notes and give us uh, an exciting preview of iOS 10 at Worldwide Developer Conference in June. Now, do you think when they introduce the next version of the Mac OS, OS 10, Will they then call it Mac OS rebranded? There's a rumor to that effect that it's going to be lowercase Mac, uppercase low OS, just like iOS or iOS or tvOS or watchOS. You know, I've been looking at those rumors and I can totally see the case for doing that because it would bring the Mac operating system into the same naming scheme as uh, the rest of the operating system versions that Apple is running, that would be good for branding. But on the other hand, everyone knows what OS X is. It's not like this is a, a mystery thing that, that people are getting for their computers. So I don't think it's necessary, but I could see Apple doing that. And uh, maybe this is the right time for for Apple to do that because you're right at this point we have iOS we have watchOS we have tvOS and maybe it's time for macOS and i think something like that nobody's going to complain well a few people oh, might people will always complain people are afraid of change even if it, if it's a change that really isn't going to have an impact on them people just don't like change it can be but change that you can believe in there you go we never get any of that, but now we've changed iOS 10. We've changed the way the iPad Pro works. Now we're going to be Mac OS 10.12, codename whoever. How about Monterey? Is that a good one? That totally works. I Actually, I've heard a couple of people say they, they would love for it to be Monterey. You're not the first person. I've been rooting for West Hollywood just because I thought that would be fun. Monterey, especially if you're really someone who grew up in the 60s. Sure. You know, you, you hear the lyrics of Eric Burton, down in Monterey. I, I think it would be a perfectly acceptable name for, for the next version of Mac OS. Excuse me, OS X. Look, I'm already doing it. There you go. It was 1967, a song from Eric Burton and the Animals. The people came and listened. Some of them came and played. Others gave flowers away. Yes, they did. Down in Monterey. You really need to go on tour. Believe me, I cannot sing. Actually, I can sing a little bit, but I wouldn't even dare because people would listen to me and say, hey. Actually, I'm pushing for an all-musical episode of the TV series Supergirl if it's renewed for next year. Because all the stars sing. Oh, then they should totally do that. That, I, that would be a lot of fun. Well, like Jeremy Jordan is a Broadway star. He mm -hmm. plays the role of Windshot. And then the black James Olsen, he's a rapper. And mm -hmm. Melissa Benoist is a terrific singer. She's got a great voice. Yeah. Yeah, she does. Yeah, she, she did a lot of theater before uh, 
getting her name in television. But she's a wacky girl. Ever see her being interviewed? She is just flat out fun. And someone asked her, how do you get into the role of Kara? You know, the assistant of Cat Grant on Supergirl, although she's promoted in the final episode of the season. And she says, well, it's just me talking to people. And then you see her interviewed and you say, yeah, that's just her talking to people. Supergirl is the act. The other one isn't. Jeff Gamut, I don't know where we started with the pop culture. We've got to do this for a full show. Where do we find more of the stuff that you do? That would be at MacObserver.com. I'm there along with a lot of other really talented people writing awesome stuff and putting together really cool podcasts, MacObserver.com. Twitter, I'm Jay Gamut. Same thing on Instagram. I'm easy to find. I, I get around. You sure do. You sure do. We get around, too. You can find us on Twitter. Look for Tech Night Owl on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook. Look for the guy in the red plaid shirt. If that's him and he's clean-shaven with dark brown hair, I think he's me. That sharp-looking guy. Or something. We haven't figured out what. Well, he's not completely horrible. He doesn't scare people away because we've got thousands of friends on Facebook. We have a second radio show, too. And we're going to talk this week to a guy named Nick Redfern, who's written lots and lots of books about the paranormal at Paracast.com. That's Paracast.com. And Nick will talk about the death of a guy named Albert K. Bender, who most of you never heard of, except that's where the men in black are derived. You know, the men in black became a graphic comic book. Yes. And the motion pictures. It started with a guy named Albert K. Bender back in the early 50s. And he died recently at the age of 94. We'll talk about the life and times of the Men in Black. We are the Men in Black, the Galaxy Protectors. Nick Redfern on the Paracast at Paracast.com. Don't forget to check out Tech Night Owl Plus at plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. This is a way for you to support the show. In a special way, we give you a high-resolution version of the show, free of the network ads. And it's a great package for a low subscription rate. Check it out. Please sign up. Plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S.technightowl.com. Jeff Gamut, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you very much. It's always a blast to be here. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.